If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle broadcasting here in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today we're going to be talking about can you learn to compete or is it a born natural skill? But before we do, let's say a quick shout out to our friends. Hustlers, we've got some things you don't want to miss. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's communication tip of the episode. This week, coaches, I'd like to challenge you, your staff, and your players to get into the habit of speaking to the ears. Let me explain what I mean. When we are speaking and communicating, our goal is to have a message heard. Where messages are only heard through our ears. So we've got to be speaking intentionally from a direction standpoint to the other person's ears. So if our players sometimes are speaking with their heads down, we need to remind them to speak to my ears. I can't hear you when you're looking down, when you're speaking down. You need to speak to the ears. Oftentimes, especially within our players, they have a tendency to look down when they speak. We always say make eye contact, but even more, speak to my ears because we are trying to communicate a message. I want to hear what you are saying. I can't hear it when you're speaking to my feet or speaking to my knees. I need you to speak to my ears. So this week, that's the challenge, coaches. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe, helping get parents, coaches, and players all on the same page. And secondly, thanks to our friends over at Shot Tracker. They are changing the game for coaches just like you and I. They are bringing high-level analytics that was once only available for the pros, now in an available way for you and I. They are bringing these real-time analytics delivered right to your phone, right at the end of practice, and even in real game time. Make sure you check out ShotTracker.com to learn more about how you can get started with their analytic technology today. So shout-out to our friend Coach Corey E. on Twitter who submitted this question. Can you learn to compete or is it a born natural skill? What an interesting topic, right? And I think it's one for coaches they probably want to know because they probably got some players that they're just not strong competitors. Right. And you sit there and you wonder, am I beating my head on the wall trying to get it out of them? Like, is this even something that I can teach? Or do I just have to pray in future years I get more players that just naturally are competitors? Right. Where do you go with this, TJ? Yeah, well, I, I think I think it is a skill. I think you can work on it. I definitely do. Now, I also think people are, are wired um, you know, a little bit different. I don't know if it comes at a young age or whether it's a born with thing. Like, you know, I know Boston, my son is extremely competitive person. And, um, I think that, uh, being around us, my, his, his, his mom and, and me, um, are, are both competitive people. So I think he generally just becomes a pretty competitive person. Um, but at the end of the day, I do definitely, definitely have had players and teams that were were extremely competitive and teams that weren't as competitive and 
sometimes it's the co- difference in coaching ages. Sometimes it's guys versus girls. You, you can find all kinds of competitiveness in different ways um, to be able to do it. Like, for instance, I know that uh, Sam and I have had this conversation before. Like, uh, not not necessarily that that girls aren't competitive. In fact, some of the most competitive people I've ever been around have been. My wife is one of the most competitive people I've ever been around. <laughs> my, my, my mind went to my wife, too. Yeah, so I, when I think about that. But uh, I will not play her in rummy anymore. But yeah, but but the uh, like in, in basketball, like guys grew up playing, um, you know, pickup or on the playground or whatever. Girls don't necessarily play as much pickup basketball, right? So in general, Sam was talking about how he likes to compete with his girls' programs a lot more because they just don't do it as much. But generally, step up to the plate and are competitive. Uh, when they actually get into those environments where you're trying to make them them be competitive, but it just might they might have it in them, but it's just not as natural because they didn't do it on a daily basis, and vice versa. I mean, the c- c- argument can be made sometimes like yeah, here with AAU basketball, like man, they're just not competitive because they know that they've got three more games today, you know, and it's kind of taking it out of them. To do that, so I think it can it can go any direction. It can with different ages, stages, um, male, female. But in general, I think some people are wired to be more competitive, but I think everybody can come become more competitive. I, I tend to agree with that. And listen, TJ, we all have things we will fight for. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah. No matter if you're a competitive person or not, we all have things we will fight and compete for. Part of our job as coaches is to find out what those things are. Some people have a list of 20 things. That's the difference. I, I compete about everything. You know, like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like Michael Jordan. No matter what it was, he competed, right? Mm-hmm. But yet, you know, there's some people that may not be as competitive as a Michael Jordan, but you you start talking about their family, they will fight for it. Yeah. They will stand up and fight for it. They will go through walls for it. So you've got to find out what that is. And part of our job as coaches is figuring those points, right? Figuring out those touch points, like what gets that person going, what gets that person going. But all of us inside have incredibly high levels of competitive and fire. It's just some things get us going and other things don't. I believe almost to the point that you just made, what is more important isn't what's internal but versus external. Okay, I don't think it's so much... Okay, does that person have it in them as it is what's around them? What's mm-hmm. happening in the environment? What are the circumstances at play? That is going to produce a more com- competitive player than necessarily what's inside them. Yeah. Because I've seen, you know, I've seen some uh, coaches be able to take a group that is relatively, you know, you look from the surface and if you knew them personally, they don't seem that very competitive, but they've been, been able to pull the strings create the environment, create collective competition and certain drills and exercises to be able to get it out of them. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, they're taking someone who doesn't appear to be competitive and making them competitive because of the circumstances. That's one of the things I love about Steve Shenbaum and Game On. Like, he's created a curriculum with his games that he can figure out, and he's got a whole um, acronym called MILE, Mystery, Incentive, Laughter, and empowerment mm-hmm. where he's figured out how to get someone fired up and his thing is you incorporate some mystery like what's going to happen here now all of a sudden i got some intrigue some incentive okay if i do that then i will get this some laughter so you put some enjoyment in it so they enjoy the process and then empowered he often shares that story about um what's that game um and i, I know the story but i forget the game hide uh, and seek kick the no. can 
the farm the farm farmville farmville oh yeah yeah, yeah. farmville yeah have you heard this I've story heard, yeah i heard it snaps yeah yeah it, it, it's great right but like he talks about this intern that he used to have in florida that asked if he could come into the office on a saturday and and do some work right so steve said sure yeah he said yeah absolutely gave him the passcode to get into the office Steve was a little shocked. This kid's 1920 college kid on a Saturday in the summer living in Florida. Why would he want to go in and do work during the middle of the day? Yeah. Steve happens to pop in there on the office. He goes in the office. He sees, sees the kid on the computer. And, and right next to the computer, the kid's credit card is out. So Steve's like, hey, so, so what is it you're doing? Saturday, you know, I thought you'd be out and about. He said, oh, well, I'm, I'm taking care of my farm. And Steve's like, you have a farm? Like, <laughs> I, but didn't you grow up in Florida? Like, I didn't even know you had a farm. He's like, well, it's it's not quite a real farm. It's it's my my digital farm. And Steve's like, so why is your credit card out? He's like, well, I had to buy crops. I had to buy some fruits and vegetables. So Steve, literally not knowing, was like, oh, so you, you did some grocery shopping? Well, no, I had to buy it for my farm. <laughs> and he's like, okay, so. Are these digital fruits and vegetables for your <laughs> yeah. farm, right? And and the guy's like, yeah. And at this point, he's really embarrassed. And he's like, but is that a digital credit card or is that like your real credit card connected to your real account? <laughs> he's like, no, that's my real money. And it, it points this picture that to ask the question, do we have a competitive fire in us? Yeah. When you figure out how to make it work and what buttons to push, you can get college kids to come in on the weekend sit in front of their computer despite the sun shining spend real money buying fake vegetables for a fake farm competing against people they've never even competed with okay we all have it in us yeah we all have it in us you've just got to figure out how do you create it how do you push the buttons i love that story because it just I mean, it's crazy, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, he's over there on a Saturday buying fake vegetables. Yeah. 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 That's uh, it's eye opening. Right. <laughs> but the uh, I think what if uh, you have players that you have to constantly push those buttons? I think that's a big frustration of coaches. Right. Like, man, if I've always got to create that environment, I've always got to try and make them be competitive. Is it ever going to be real? Like, is it ever going to be like they just want it that bad? And I, the answer to that, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that um, sometimes if you, if you live in a place and you continue to do it over and over again, sometimes you can learn to enjoy it or learn to want it more. And I think that uh, teams that uh, spend time in, in the competitive environment and you continually put the situations like a games approach where they're having to find a way to win or lose, I think you I think you become better at being competitive. I think just like anything else that you practice, whether it's dribbling, ball handling, uh, shooting, or hustling, you know, the more you do it, I do think the better you be, you become at it. I believe that too, and I think. Let's say that were to be the situation. You've got a player that you are having to pull it out of them. I, I would do a couple things. One, I'd, I'd try to pay attention to the moments where they are performing at a high level and see what are the circumstances surrounding that, what is the environment around that, what is producing that. Mm -hmm. Try to take notes of that and try to replicate it. Okay, so like really be conscious and intentional to observe that situation. Secondly, if it is something that you're really trying to get out of them, what about a conversation? You know, like, like, what is it? Like, I, I, I know deep down you want to win, right? But, like, it just seems like, you know, you, there's something blocking you and holding you back from really just going all in and really being that competitive. 
What, what do you think it is? So I think a conversation can help maybe get you a better understanding yeah. of how to connect with that player. I have found, I mean, look, there are people that are less competitive. It, you can't make somebody Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like you can't just turn somebody into a competitive freak. And that that's part of it that I may could be you are born with or not born with, but you can make them better at it. And I think, um, I think one of the things that you need to make sure of first, have you removed any obstacles that might stop them from being competitive? So for instance, I've seen people not be as competitive as they should be because they're worried about failing or making a mistake. I've seen people not compete as hard because they didn't have a believe in themselves. I've seen people not compete as hard because they were afraid of letting others down. I've seen people not, you know, so I think those conversations that you're talking about, you know, before you assume that they're not competitive, um, I think I would try and get to the bottom of, is there any reasons that they might be holding back some of that competitiveness? I think if you can, um, you know, I think even more so, than just putting them in competitive situations. If you if there is something blocking them from being competitive, if you can remove that, I think it'll speed up the process a hundredfold. Hmm. No, that that's great. I'm glad you actually brought that up because I think sometimes we may not be as competitive as we want because of our own teammates. Hmm. You know, like maybe you actually found yourself like really giving it your all early in the season and, you know, you're playing on the, the scout defense or, you, you know, and you're pushing the starters, and you get a couple starters be like, "Yo, chill out, man. This is practice. Yeah. Like, quit pushing me so hard." Now all of a sudden, now it's like I'm gonna take a back seat. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I feel like I have that conversation every year with a freshman. You know, are you gonna wait till you're a junior? Like, is that what you're waiting for? Like, is like sometimes all you need to do is empower them to be competitive. Like, listen, do you, you think your players? Do you think any of your upperclassmen? Look or not look down, but judge some of the younger guys for trying too hard. I, I I don't you know I think we've created an environment where competitiveness is celebrated, right? Okay, good. So I I don't think that I don't think we necessarily have um, have that, but I do think there are times when there's particular freshmen that might come in and uh, think that they can't do that. You know, we have to break down that wall for them. You know, it is celebrated and everybody, but yeah, I know this is so-and-so's team. And this is, you know, your job is to go after them. And, you know, I think one of the greatest lessons you can teach competitive players is the most competitive players don't want you to go out after them with anything less, less than, than everything best, you yeah. got, you know, like they don't want that and they want your best. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's another good lesson for, for players coming up is that uh, the best people you're ever going to be around, the people you want to surround yourself with, are the people that don't want quarter. You know, they don't give quarter, they don't ask quarter. Like they are, uh, they're going to give you their best and they expect your best. So a lot of dynamics around this, but I think even if you don't have a competitive group, there are things you can ask, there's, our, there's things you can do. There's different ways you can structure environments and practices, add incentive, add some mystery. Hey, if we get this done, I've got something to show you all. You know, like a little mystery. All of a sudden, now I'm intrigued. I'm going to go a little bit harder and fight a little bit harder for this. Um, A lot of different things you can do, but it's part of the art of coaching. Yeah. Figuring out the the push points. Yeah, and being creative with it is fun. You know, I know one of the things that I'm getting better at is – Hey, if we make it to 500 points here, no running. You know, like there's better ways to do it than that. And 
it's just the easy way to do it sometimes. And so I think it's a better, there's a better way to do it. I think you can be creative as a coach and it can make a big difference. Awesome. Hopefully that helps some coaches as they are kind of fighting and working through this conversation about competitive players. But till next time, I am Adam. He is TJ. We are the Harwood Hustle. We're out.